Amen. We're going to talk about vessels of glory today. Praise God. I'm going to read from Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 through 4. But who will abide in the day of his coming? And who will stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, so that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant to the Lord as in these days of old. Hallelujah. Then I'm going to read from Zechariah chapter 13, and I'm going to read verse 9. He says, and I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them. Peter talked about your faith being much more precious than gold, though it be tried in the fire. I will try them as gold is tried and they will call upon my name and I will hear them. And I will say, it is my people. And they will say, the Lord is my God. Hallelujah. So uh, who will abide in the day of his coming? He's going to refine his church uh, before he comes to prepare our hearts, to prepare our souls. You know, John said, now little children abide in him so that when he appears, you will not draw back from him at his coming as Adam did. See, Adam, when Adam started living wrong, then when the Lord came, what did he do? He hid himself from the presence of the Lord rather than run out into the presence of the Lord. Now, to refine means to free them from impurities, to free them from moral imperfections, to prune away the evil. And so we're being changed from glory to glory. The Bible says uh, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. It says the father is the husbandman, and he prunes off the, the evil branches, the branches that are not producing uh, good fruit. So it, it's, uh, praise God, good to let the Lord work in us and change us. I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter 36. Because the Lord will prepare his church to be the vessels that he's going to use, and he will prepare his church uh, for his coming. Now in Ezekiel 36, there's a prophetic utterance, and uh, it's about the new birth that's being born again. And he talks about a new covenant and so on. And then in uh, verse 25, he says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean from all of your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give to you, and a new spirit I will put within you. That will make you a new creation in Christ, or his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So he's going to give people a new heart. You see, you can see through the testimony, the man received a new, new heart. A mighty change took place. Something happened. I mean, he's, he's sell, he sold his soul to the devil. He, uh, he wanted a contract where he could just have women and fame and money and that's all he cared about and, you know, do things for your own personal benefit. Step on anybody you need to step on to get there. I mean, that, that's his heart. See, but when he got born again, I mean, that all changed. 
See, when you got born again, things changed in you. Something happened in your heart. Something happened in you, a mighty change. And that's what God is talking about here. A new heart will I give you and a new spirit I'll put within you. And I will take away your stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart, a tender heart of flesh. And then I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Hallelujah. So now God has written no longer on tablets of stone, but he writes his laws on the tablets of our heart by the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. So when you're born again, you get cleansed from all the sins of the past. Thank God for that. And then spiritually, you get a new heart, a heart transplant. And things change. And uh, a mighty change takes place on the inside of you to where your focus is not the same as it used to be. Your focus gets more on God before it was only on self, self, self. Now, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 through 12, he talks about a new covenant. See that he's, he's providing. And this covenant will be a new and an everlasting covenant. And he said, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And then he says, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, do you know the Lord? For in this covenant, every one of them will know me from the least of them to the greatest. And then he says, and I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. So once God forgives and the blood washes it away, he, do, he doesn't remember it anymore. That's the power of the blood of Jesus to remove things out of our lives. And 1 Peter 2, 2 says, and then as newborn babies... Desire the sincere milk of the word so that you can grow thereby. And uh, chapter 1, verse 22 says, uh, seeing you have purified your souls by obeying the truth through the spirit. Now, when you get born again, there is a battle that takes place. He said the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, as a Christian, he said, I keep my body in subjection. So that means that the body has a tendency to go contrary to the spirit. I think every one of us have found that out. That uh, the body has come from Adam, but the spirit has come from Jesus Christ, the last Adam. The newborn spirit has come from God. Praise God. The Bible said, you are of God, little children. So that, that born-again spirit has come from God. So it has the life of God in it, the nature of God in it. The spirit of God, he said, I'll put my spirit there. Praise God. So there's a mighty influence for you to live for God. But there is still somewhat of a battle. Now, if you pray... You can, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. Uh, as you learn to yield 
more to the spiritual part of your nature, you will overcome the things of the flesh that are a hindrance to God. It's a hindrance to God's working uh, through us to some degree. Now, he can still work through everybody, but more of that living water can flow through the piping if the piping is clear. Amen? If the piping is half blocked off, well, then less of that living water is going to flow through. Now, the Bible said that Jesus came and dealt with sin in the flesh, Romans 8, 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So the people of the world, their mind is on the things of the flesh. I mean, that's their focus. That's, that's what they're aiming at. They're, they're aiming at the things of the flesh. As a matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says that uh, they are walking according to the prince of the powers of the air, the spirit that is now at work in disobedient people. Among them we all had our conduct in time past, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That is fleshly minded. See, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest of mankind. So those people who are in the flesh, they are not living at all for the will of God. Their, their mind is not on the things of the spirit. Their minds are on the things of the flesh and the selfish things and selfish desires and so on. So uh, they that are after the spirit, their mind is on the things of the spirit. So we as Christians, we are subject to God who is the spirit. See, and then when you go contrary to that, you start having trouble. See, until you learn, <laughs> you know, you learn gradually to yield to the Spirit that that's the best way. And it's the right way. See, because anything contrary to the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit, obviously, uh, it's, it's not correct. It's not right. Now, Satan, who is called the God of this world, he uses the world to try and draw us back into disobedience to God. Say, the Bible said, love not this world. Say, or the sinful things of the world, the things that are not right. Say, the things that hinder people's relationship with God. God says, your sins and iniquities have separated you and your God, he told them. And uh, the enemies, I was trying to use the world, the spirit of this world, which is contrary to the spirit of God, to uh, bring us back to some degree in disobedience to God so that he can hinder God and that he can get his foot in the door of our lives. Now, the Bible said, give no place to the devil. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, 1, he said, I write these things to you that you sin not. See, so we really, a, a Christian doesn't have to sin. And those people that says, you know, everybody sins every day, including Christians, uh, their minds are messed up because that would mean you're following Satan in the flesh every day, all through the day. But the Bible doesn't say that, you know. You sin when you consciously use your will to knowingly go against the light that you have. That's when you sin. 
And if in anything else you're ignorant of and you're doing something wrong, the Bible said, if you'll walk in the light you have, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Praise God. So you don't have to worry about the stuff you don't even know about because his blood will cleanse you. And that blood has that ability to cleanse us, you know. So I write these things to you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Now, an advocate somebody who's going to plead your case with God. So Jesus was set up by God, who's the judge, to be your defense attorney. Hallelujah. And to help you to point, to point you to the blood that your sin was judged in Jesus. And so all we have to do in this covenant, we don't have to bring in a bull or a goat or a, or a sheep or a, you know, a lamb or uh, we don't have to bring in two, five turtle doves and, and so on to offer up on the altar here. You know, this room would be a mess every week, see? And they wouldn't be able to clear all the stains out of the carpet because it would be a bloody mess, you know? But thank God we come on the basis of the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb of God. And so the Bible says if we confess our sins, if on the condition we, John said you, me, whoever, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just based on the sacrifice of Jesus. He's faithful. God is faithful to watch over what his son has done for you. And he's just because your sin was judged in Jesus, praise God, to, to cleanse you, to forgive you, and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So instantly, praise God, the, the answer to sin is the blood. Everybody say, thank God for the blood. Revelation 1, 8, 1 5 says, Jesus loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. Praise God with his own blood. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the remission of sins. So the amazing thing about the blood of Jesus is its power to remove sin as if the sin never, ever happened. So thank God for that. Thank God when you go... And you're walking in heaven, God's not going to look at you every time. So I remember those 50,000 things you did. You know, and you would be, okay, Lord. <laughs> you know. No, thank God that blood removes the sin. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And like we read, he said, I will not remember it anymore. Praise God. So once he makes a statement, the Bible said it's impossible for God to lie. So Jesus' blood can remove sin as if it never existed. So Hebrews 10, 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That means you're welcome in the presence of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of what that blood has done for you. Praise God, you're welcome into the presence of God. Justified, just as if I'd never done a bad thing in my life, just as, I, as if I lived just like Jesus lived. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? God will deal with you just like you live, just like Jesus lived. Praise God. 
He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. So he gave you his righteousness. Amen. But the garment can be stained. James, uh, Jude said, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. It can still be, uh, get a stain on it from sin or the flesh. And then you just confess it and let him apply that blood. Praise God. And you will be cleansed from all unrighteousness. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. Hallelujah. Now, it is a good thing that if you do wrong, your conscience is affected. Your conscience is a moral compass. And so when you do things contrary to your conscience, see, uh, it affects you. The Bible says, happy is the man that condemns not himself in the thing that he allows. Now, some things you can be condemning yourself for that God don't even condemn you for. You can make up your own laws and put yourself under your own law. And the Bible doesn't even say nothing about that. And you can feel bad about it if you go contrary to it. You know? If you thought drinking Pepsi-Cola was wrong and you drank Pepsi-Cola, you know, you'd feel guilty about it. Now, it, you know, you may feel it's wrong because of, you know, the effect it has in your body. You know, but uh, but God doesn't necessarily say certain things. You know, I, I, I've never had somebody come up to me and say, Pastor, is it wrong to drink lemonade? But I have concerning them asking me about alcohol, <laughs> you know. See, because there's something already there pricking their conscience and affecting them. And, you know. And that conscience, Paul said, my conscience bears witness in the Holy Ghost. There's a mighty influence of the Holy Ghost in your life. That's why your conscience is more sensitive now than it used to be in the world. In the world, my conscience would let me get away with a lot of things. And then, uh, then I'd reason and give myself excuses. See, but in Christ... It's not as easy to do that because you got light from the Lord. Hallelujah. And it exposes what's not really supposed to be there. See, but light is good. When light comes to us, light expels the darkness. Light is, light is good for us. Praise God. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It just means more freedom, you know. Look at, look at Saul of Tarsus who later became the apostle Paul. He's on the road to Damascus with letters from the chief priest to throw Christians in prison, to beat them, to try to get them to blaspheme the name of the Lord, and even consenting to the death of the saints. Uh, so, you know, he really, through his religious zeal without accurate knowledge, was really destroying the Lord's work. But then a bright light appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And he found out that that light was Jesus that Jesus was the resurrected Lord, that, that everything those Christians were saying about him was true, that he came to fulfill the Scriptures, that he's the long-awaited Messiah, and so on. Once he got that light, he couldn't fight against that light anymore. It changed him. See, and just like this man, he got that light, it changed him. When you got light, it changed you. Light came into your life. 
Jesus, the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, shined in your heart. And so a mighty change took place. Well, what we want to keep doing is yielding to that change, change from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We, we want to keep, and if you do sin, you got an advocate with the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. So thank God you don't have to say, well, all is lost, you know. No, just go to Jesus, the great high priest. Praise God and confess it to him, and he'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And, and God won't remember those sins or those iniquities uh, anymore. So thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God for the cleansing power and the protection of the blood. Say we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So thank God we can point to the blood. You know, because the devil will remember some things and your mind will remember some things. But remember, God don't remember. <laughs> and that's the one that's important, amen? You might remember. You probably will remember. <laughs> but, and uh, the devil will remember, but God won't remember. So remember to forget. Praise God. Don't forget to forget. Amen. Don't forget to forget that God don't remember it. Hallelujah. That it's cleansed away. So, but we should, we should want to walk in the light we have. Now we're talking about vessels of his glory. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2, uh, verse 19. says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but there are also vessels of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Some have more honorable uses. Some, some of your best silverware that you may yell at your family if they take it out and use it for a normal meal. That's for company. You leave that alone. You know, but it might be the best silverware. It might be the best stuff you got. Hallelujah. And uh, you want to do that, use that on special occasions. But then you got other vessels and containers that are, you know. I know some, you know, some containers that are emptied out of stuff like that. I know John and Doreen pour lard in it and throw it out, throw it out. <laughs> Say, those vessels aren't used for much, you know, once they're empty of the, whatever was in there in the beginning, then they're not used for much, except you're going to throw it out. But uh, in, in the Lord's house, uh, every vessel is important, but some vessels are used more for honor than others. Now, listen to what he says. If a man, therefore, will purge himself, from these things, the, the things that would hinder them from being a vessel of honor, uh, he shall be a vessel unto honor. So it ain't like, you know, you have to say, well, I'm just, the Lord just made me an old clay pot. You know, I'm not a golden vessel. I'm not a silver vessel. I'm just an old clay pot in the house of the Lord. No, he said if you purge yourself, you will be a vessel of honor 
sanctified and fit for the master's use and prepared for every good work. And he says, flee youthful lust, but follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And he says, avoid foolish questions. Servant of the Lord must not strive. Then he says in verse 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Now, if you are going contrary to the light you have, guess what? You're fighting your own life. You're fighting your own self. And if you are using your will to fight your own self, nobody, I mean, people can't pray you out of that. See, he says, you have to repent and acknowledge the truth to recover yourself. Listen to what he says. You know, God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth so that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So really there's only two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and Satan's kingdom. And if we're knowingly going against God, then we're yielding to Satan's kingdom. And in somehow, some way, your will gets in bondage to Satan's will. And, but it took an act of your will, a consent of ignorance or knowingly going against the truth, to get into that bondage. See, and if it takes an act of your will to get into that bondage, it's going to take an act of your will to get out of it. See, so he said by repentance, the will repenting of yielding to the enemy, by repentance and acknowledging the truth, which is all that's according to God, thy word is truth, and acknowledging the truth, you can recover yourself out of the devil's snare who had taken you captive to do his will. But see, if you repent and acknowledge the truth, the snare is sprung. You get loosed. You get freed. So you don't have to stay bound. Hallelujah. We got the blood on the one hand that, praise God, makes us clean in God's sight. And then uh, we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we acknowledge the truth and we can get set free. Hallelujah. So, uh, that's what we want to do, to be those vessels. He's talking about being vessels of honor. We can be free from the different things that would hold us bound or hinder us from being the vessels of glory that God wants each and every one of us to be. You know, you're seeing more books and things come out on the glory of God. You know, you could go on probably on the Internet and look up a book on the glory of God. You'll find all kinds of books on the glory of God. Praise God. Something stirring in the hearts of Christians about the glory of God. That God is wanting to pour out that living water through his vessels. Vessels fit for the master's use. Praise God. So you have to repent and acknowledge the truth. Your will is involved in your life. But you can come out of any bondage to Satan or any bondage to this world. In Luke chapter 11, verse 23 through 28, Jesus said, If you're not for me, you're against me. 
And then he talks about when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seek and rest and he finds none and says, I will return to my house from whence I came. So, you know, the enemy, he'll try to get back in to your life. He remembers what you as an old creature before you were born again and became a new creature, what you had yielded to. And if we don't fill ourselves up with Jesus in the word, uh, he'll find us empty, swept, and garnished. And then he'll try to get back in. If he can't get back in, he'll try to bring other spirits more wicked than himself to enter in and dwell there. And if that be the case, then the last state of the man will be worse than before. So we never want to go back to the world. Do you know you actually could get worse? (laughs) Jesus said a worse thing could come upon you, (laughs) you know. So you don't want to play around with this world. See, because now you have more light, you're actually responsible for more. To whom much is given of him is much required. So uh, praise God, You what you want is to give no place to the devil to get back in. Now, if they get in through sin and disobedience, they must be ejected through confession and submission to God. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But first, you've got to submit to God. You have to acknowledge truth. God's a God of truth. Yes, Lord, I've been acting that way. I've been doing that. I said that. I thought that. I, I had this motive in my heart, and, and I yielded myself to things that I should not yield to. And so you acknowledge to God the truth. But, Lord, I want you to set me free. I want you to set me free. See, if you're willing to, Jesus said, will you be made whole? If you're, if you're willing to be free, then anything you let in, you can kick it back out again. Hallelujah. And a lot of people don't realize that they need to kick things out if you let things in. So uh, we want to be as... The virgins waiting for the bridegroom coming, and we want to be ready, ready for the Lord's coming. You know, Revelation 19 said that the bride has made herself ready. Praise God. You know, a bride would, you know, a bride, you know, how many hours they spend looking in the mirror, and people are, they got that beautiful white robe typically on, and, you know, she really wouldn't want mud on the robe, and spaghetti on the robe and you know look down there and there's all this stuff on that white dress you know and she's not going to say I don't think there's a bride yet said, oh what's the difference I'll just go to the I'll just go to the wedding like that no they're going to postpone that wedding till that stains off there if it's 20 minutes late or half hour late I think we've even had some weddings an hour and a half late because the bride forgot her veil or something and it's over on the other side of the city. And she ain't going to get married without that veil. So different, yeah, they're real particular sometimes when it, when it comes to the wedding dress. And that's understandable. See, they want to be everything to be nice, everything. So we should want to uh, be ready for the Lord. Amen? Praise God. And, and, uh, and God has given us the tools we need to prepare ourselves. 
Remember he said, if a man purge himself? You know, I did a message one time on, uh, uh, called Do-It-Yourself Christianity. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The Bible said, yield yourself as one who is alive from the dead to God. The Bible says, deny yourself. Paul said, let us cleanse ourselves. Praise God. There's all kinds of scriptures there that says, do it yourself. He said, if a man purges himself, it will be a vessel of honor. So there's a part that we have to play with it, but, but God gives us what we need. He gives us grace so we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He gives us the name of Jesus. Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, Luke 10, 19 says. Praise God. So you have authority over the devil. In Jesus' name, you got the name of Jesus to cast out devils. Amen. You got the blood of Jesus that can wash away all sins. The Bible said the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. The Bible says God gave you the measure of faith and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The Bible says through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you can reign as kings in the realm of life through one Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he says, let not sin or demons reign in your mortal bodies. Praise God. Let them not reign in your mortal bodies. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'll close with this, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, he tells us about what fellowship should do we have with unrighteousness. Being un unequally yoked together, verse 14, with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord or relationship has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? In other words, those that don't believe in the Lord. Uh, there's a difference between us and them. Now, you can love them. You can go, the Bible says, to certain of their feasts, uh, you know, if you want to go and so on and, and that. But uh, the Bible makes it uh, clear that we're not in the same realm as them. We're not in fellowship with them. The Bible said for us to have fellowship with the Spirit of God and have fellowship among yourselves and so on because we can relate spiritually to one another. Then he said, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and my daughters. Hallelujah. So he wants to treat us like he treated Jesus. He wants to work through us like he worked through Jesus. He wants us to be vessels. Creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Hallelujah. But there's really no shortcuts. We've got to kind of follow in Jesus' steps. He left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Isaiah 52, 11 says, Depart ye, depart ye, go out from thence, and touch not the unclean things. Go ye out of the midst of her, 
That's the Babylonian system of this world. And be ye clean, you who are the vessels of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're called to be the vessels of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a high honor. See, the world is really a vessels of demons. And these things manifest them to more or less degree, through them to more or less degree. But God wants the Holy Spirit to manifest through us to a greater degree than he has. He wants us to prepare our hearts. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Let's just say they'll see God move and work. Praise God. Well, when we got born again, we did get a pure heart, but you know, you could let things back in through ignorance, through disobedience, through the devil's schemes, through struggles with the flesh. Hallelujah. But uh, we can get rid of it. Everybody that's here today can get rid of anything that's a hindrance. Praise God. And uh, I'm going to lead you in a little prayer. You just be sincere with God. And if there's anything there, just let it go. God says it'll be gone. And he won't even remember it. You know, you, you've come to church and maybe you've gone, you've gone through things, but you're in church because you want to be free. You know? You want the things of God. You know, and even, even to come for deliverance, if you need some deliverance, that's nothing to be ashamed about. What, what, what is shameful is if we want to keep something we know is not of God. But you can let it go today. And You know, sometimes the devil's got people thinking, well, you can never be free of that. You can't cut a record with that. But the Bible said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You can be free of each and everything. Praise God, because you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God pre before prepared that you should walk therein. So I'm going to lead you to prayer, and we're going to take advantage of the blood of Jesus. And uh, you might be out there, and maybe you're not even aware that you got anything, you know, contrary to the Lord. Well, you can still pray it. It's not going to hurt you. And... Uh, you may be aware, well, I got bitterness in my heart. I got anger in my heart, strife in my heart. The Bible said if you have envy and strife in your heart, don't glory against the truth. You, might have, you can get different things that you allow back into your heart. But the good news is you don't have to keep them there. The good news is you can repent and acknowledge the truth and recover yourself. So you can, everybody can walk out of this place totally recovered. From any ground they yielded up to the enemy or the flesh, you can recover yourself. Praise God today. And have all that washed away by the blood of Jesus. And God won't remember a thing when you leave this place. He'll just look at you as if you walked like Jesus your whole life. Praise God. But then uh, sometimes there's a compound problem. 
and you confess it, but through disobedience, you can give place to the devil and let a demon in or let something in. So if after we're done praying and removing the legal rights of any demon or anything to be there, if you feel like, well, it almost seems like something's hanging around in me or hanging around me. And I just want it to go if there is. You don't even have to, you don't even have to be sure that there is. You can just, whatever you want, uh, you want it gone if there is something there. Praise God. Then you can come up. There's a few of us going to lay hands on you. And uh, you can come up and let us lay hands on you and command it out. Just, we're just going to real simple. I command this to come out. Anything that's there from your past, anything that you let in, I command out. Anything that's not of God, I command out right now in the name of Jesus. And then you just be yielding and just surrender in your heart. And just surrender. And you let the Lord know, Lord, I want to be free. I want to be free of the things that are not of you. And the Lord knows. He knows all about us, and he knows any area of bondage we might have. And once we remove legally the devil's legal right to stay, he's going to have to go. And uh, we're not going to specifically point out anything. I mean, you might be in a bondage to fear or bitterness or lust. Or, it doesn't make any difference. We're not going to be labeling them up here. Those, those spirits know they're not supposed to be there. We're just going to command whatever's there to go. God knows. The devil knows. The Holy Ghost knows. Hallelujah. So I'm going to lead you in that prayer because we want to be vessels of glory. We want to be vessels, golden vessels, fit for the Master's use, regardless of your past. Today, you, you, you start off as a golden vessel. Don't even think of your past. The blood has already removed that. Don't ever go back and ponder those old ways. That's not you. So just uh, close your eyes and pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you I'm a Christian. And Jesus is my Lord. And God, I come before you today to yield my entire life to you. I renounce Satan, every evil spirit, and every evil work. Anything that I permitted into my life, my known disobedience, I repent of that. And I ask you to cleanse me of it all, spirit, soul, and body, that the blood of Jesus would wash it all away. Father, I receive that cleansing right now in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, you could just come forward. We can form a line here of anybody else at once prayer. And Lord, I ask you to free me 
of any evil spirit that would have got into my life, into my body. I renounce that. I command this all out. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Cleanse my vessel so that I will be your vessel. And no evil force can have its way in me. I yield to you now in the name of Jesus. Now just stand there and uh, hands are going to be laid on you and just...